Persuading people to take the actions we want can be hard. Our teams and clients are bombarded with thousands of messages every single day. But there is a way for you to get above the noise. Stories. This is the Stories of Traction podcast, and I'm your host, Matt Zahn. Join my guests and me as we unpack the power of storytelling. We'll talk about topics like leadership, sales, and marketing, all through the lens of strategic storytelling. Enjoy this episode. I am fascinated by today's topic. Now, it's something that we've never discussed on the Stories Retraction podcast, but it is very timely. We just experienced Black Friday, and now we are quickly heading into the holiday season, where one of the main things that a lot of companies are thinking about is how do we get our products to our customers? Today, I'm joined by Andrew Serby. He is the founder of Enter Market, a full-service third-party logistics provider supporting the broad and maturing needs of companies operating in wholesale, retail, and the e-commerce space. Andrew, welcome to the Stories with Traction show. Thank you so much, Matt. Thanks for having me. I appreciate your time. I know how busy you are, so I really appreciate you sharing insights with us. Before we get into those insights, can you just give us a little bit of background on your company? Um, no problem, Matt. Um, I founded a company called Entermarket 22 years ago with the idea of servicing small to mid-sized businesses with a sophisticated warehouse solution. Um, did that for 20 years, and two years ago, uh, made the the change to bring on investors and grow the company substantially. And so, the last two years. I have focused on um, buying other companies like my own and um, creating a national third-party logistics footprint um, that solely focuses on small to mid-sized companies, consumer product companies, and their fulfillment needs. So here's why I wanted to have you on, Andrew, is because I think there's a tremendous amount of frustration right now with companies that feel that they're competing with how quickly Amazon can deliver products. So we've been basically primed as a culture that, do you like that primed as a culture? Absolutely. Amazon Prime, that in two days, we get our stuff. And if it's longer than two days, we get frustrated. And a lot of companies are trying to figure out how do they expand their warehouses? How do they how do they figure out how to set up channels to get products to their, their customers quicker? So can you take us through um, you know, recognizing the frustration, but some of the things that that organizations can do in order to at least have the customer perceive that they're getting their stuff quicker. Sure. So I kind of have a, a couple answers on that. One is the reason I, I talk about doing a national footprint is to create an opportunity, an East Coast and a West Coast opportunity for e-commerce fulfillment. So brands that have a reasonable skew count we can house their product in multiple locations, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, to create a uh, quicker time to market, because time to market does matter significantly. The other factor I would say is that while people think they want orders in two days, they really want a tracking number within same day, next day. Mm 
And we find that consumers are calm as soon as they have a tracking number that it's shipping. And if it takes three or four days to get it, we don't see the type of customer um, frustration. Um, we find the customer frustration happens when they don't get a tracking number within two or three days. If it takes two or three days to get a tracking number, and I I talk to our warehouses a lot about this because I tell the story, you know, I, I do this for a living and I order something. And if I don't have a tracking number the next day, I think the company's a hack and I'm frustrated and I assume my order's not coming. And I do this for a living. And so I think it's very important to understand as a brand that you have to work with a warehouse that's getting your orders out the door, which will lower your customer service complaints. And if it takes a few days extra to actually arrive, you will not hear that problem. So this is fascinating to me because this this ties into an element of communication, right? So what I'm what I'm hearing you say is that if the customer has that communication, they're getting that email and explaining to them what will be at their doorstep, they're set at ease a lot more. And it's amazing the experiences that companies can can do with this. They can actually be creative. So as soon as you said that, it reminded me of a story. Last year, I was ordering something for the holidays, and I'll never forget. It was a smaller company. And the the lead time was pretty long. It was well over a week for them to get it to me. But yet the email communication was phenomenal. I got that tracking number right away. There was a story about how another customer had used the product and how I should get excited. Then like two or three days later, I got another email keeping up that excitement with the tracking information. And then the day before I got an email. So the communication along the way was almost as if they were getting me excited along the way. And I appreciate you mentioned that because I think a lot of times companies feel that they're at a disadvantage if they can't get product to their customers right away. There's an element of storytelling that could take place within the email marketing back to the customer. So I appreciate you saying that. Completely agree with that. I mean, I really think communication is the key to all business, right? It's not just for us to communicate with our with the brands and they communicate with their customer it's vital for everyone to understand the entire supply chain so we have to understand the mentality of our customers customer and that is very important to success and we have to provide them the tools that they can answer their customers questions so real-time tools accurate up-to-date um, is crucial to providing a good customer experience in e-commerce so you mentioned understanding the customer of the customer of the customer you know it's amazing because what you do sounds like greek to some people right like your right. world is not other people's world so when they hear stuff about fulfillment and all these different elements like they don't understand that so how do you break that down into terms people can understand well i think it's just very important i'll give an i'll give an example i'll give a story of you know, so one of our clients was having trouble with getting um, product into Walmart successfully, and they were getting um, what the industry calls just chargebacks for basically not having the goods show up as Walmart wants them. So we as a warehouse could say, well, we did what we were supposed to do and, you know, we followed the rules and sorry, Walmart is just trying to charge you because, you know, they can get away with it. We didn't take that attitude. We said to the client, hey, let's see if we can get it, set up a tour and we'll go to the Walmart warehouse and talk to the people that are that are uh, 
that are levying these charges. And, you know, so it's so we showed up, we figured out, we spoke to them, we figured out what would help make it go away. And the whole situation went away. So it's not just about talking to our customer. It's getting to the next level and understanding what's important to their customer to provide a better service. Crucial yeah. that we um, don't just go one deep in, in the supply chain. We we go every direction and try to be a great provider to our to these consumer product companies that need this help. So I appreciate you mentioning going to the warehouse because I've heard numerous stories of leaders going into a warehouse and taking a learning tour, actually learning all the different aspects of the warehouse so they know what it looks like, what people on the ground are doing, how they're how they're even seeing their product. A uh, story comes to my mind. I, I hope I'm getting the company right. I believe it was Barefoot Wine, where the owner of the company went into a warehouse and recognized all the crates looked exactly the same. So they started to color code their wine so that they knew that the employees were going to treat it with respect because they continued to connect with those warehouse employees. So there was less wine being broken because of the warehouse employees having a relationship with the owner. So there's something to be said of going into a warehouse and actually seeing what's taking place so we understand it. So I appreciate you mentioning that. Yeah, I, that I completely agree with. Um, I ask our clients to visit their location um, try to be once a year. And I explain to them how crucial it is for you to show up and the people that do the work every day on the floor to um, to meet you and for you to show your appreciation to the people that have hard jobs working on a warehouse floor. So I do think that it, it all comes down to personal communication um, and a personal touch, I think is crucial to business, especially in the small to mid-sized businesses. Um, that personal touch um, and that sense of caring um, goes a long way. And, and I speak a lot about that. I speak a lot about um, a culture of caring. Um, we care about our employees. We care about our customers. Um, most warehouses talk about KPIs, you know, metrics, 99.9 shipped in this. And I talk about a culture of caring. I say, I talk about the fact that we care to fold the tissue paper over in your box so when your consumer opens it it's the experience you wanted them to have we tied the bow the right way we put the label on in the place that you wanted it done so and that consistency and that care is what separates um the brands from having a good customer experience and it separates us from other warehouses who don't who focus on metrics and i focus on what matters to the customer that's a really good point i appreciate you you mentioning that Let's talk about the stress that comes with the holiday season for people that are shipping products. So we just experienced Black Friday. We are quickly heading into the holiday frenzy with ordering. And a lot of people are excited, right? A lot of people love December. They love experiencing the holidays. But yet there's a lot of stress for people that do want to deliver to their customers in a timely manner. So can you take us through some best practices when it comes to, to holiday shipping? Sure. And let me um, kind of Black Friday is a um, is almost a thing of the past. Black Friday, um, every brand decides when they're going to start their Black Friday sales. We actually found that the holiday season started um, the 
Saturday before Thanksgiving that most of our clients ran a lot of their Black Friday specials on the week before. And so what we found was an incredible uptick in orders to a, a crazy level. Um, we have experienced um, three times order volume than we did last year. Goes to growth, but um, it goes to a lot of factors. Um, but we're finding e-commerce is just booming, um, absolutely booming. And so we hit our holiday peak, um, starting our peak um, the Saturday before, and it has not stopped yet, And um, which is wonderful for our brands. Um, but it creates a lot of stress for the warehouse. The warehouses are working seven days a week. We normally ship every e-com order within uh, same day or the next day. And this time of the year, um, we're probably out two or three days, which creates that stress that I talked about and the increase in customer service calls. So when you get three times or five times the volume, you know, it's just harder to keep up to that same service levels. So this is where small to mid-sized brands need to communicate. And we as a warehouse need to listen to our customers and get the orders out and the priority that they ask us to get out. And so, and what will happen is by tomorrow, um, the, the we will catch up from the last couple of weeks. But this two weeks has created a lot of stress for the employees who are working seven days a week and for the customers who are having to field more customer service calls. So anxiety is high. Um, the good news is we're still three weeks out from Christmas and it will hit a steady state from here out. The worst is behind us. This was the peak of Christmas for us, these two week period. Now, leading up to Christmas, though, what like, what are some you, you, you continue to mention communication. So communication with with warehouse employees. Uh, what does that look like with the weeks leading up to Christmas? What 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 could some individuals do to make sure they're making those connections? I just think it's very important to set expectations um, as a brand on your website um, in terms of, especially as we get close to communicate uh, to Christmas time, because the carriers have cutoffs when they will no longer guarantee. So we're working with brands to understand what's important to them. We're changing the shipping, shipping method to, you know, two-day air or different shipping methods as it gets closer and closer to Christmas. But you as a brand, you know, it's crucial that you communicate and you stick to what you said and we deliver for Christmas because there's nothing worse than people having expectations and being disappointed. You'd rather pass up a few sales um, by communicating and not getting an order and then failing on a customer. That's my opinion. That's a really good point. And also, I appreciate you speaking to the creativity of this, meaning you said that Black Friday for a lot of your customers started the Saturday before Thanksgiving and what that meant for them. So I would encourage everyone listening that if you're going to have, quote unquote, Christmas deals, they can decide a certain day that is plenty of time to make sure that the products could be there and and have a build up marketing campaign to that specific day. It doesn't need to follow everyone else, right? And one of the ways to get above the noise is to create a, a unique day that we can promote. So I appreciate you mentioned that, Andrew. Yeah, it's it's interesting, Matt, because believe it or not, the year before, um, most of our clients, the volume started kicking up even a week earlier. So I would actually say that our peak started later this year than previous year. And so 
the previous year was much easier for us because the period was spread out much longer. And so this two week period became so crazy because, um, you know, just a tremendous jump in, in a consolidated period. Last year was probably over more of a three week period or four week period. Wow. So, because people ran their sales even earlier last year. Um, and there's one other um, interesting thing that's happened this year, which I will um, kind of share is, um, you know, we talk about Amazon and people's websites and all the other ways that they promote their product on, you know, all the walmart.com and target.com and all these different sites that people promote their products online. Um, one of the big new players um, this year is uh, TikTok Marketplace. That has created a huge buzz and a huge increase in orders, especially in things like cosmetics and kind of those impulse um, fun purchases. All right. So I have to ask you, because I would venture to say, based on what I know about my audience, that the overwhelming majority of my audience is not on TikTok. Right. So, but their kids are. But their kids are. So, so yeah. good point. What would be some things that you would even mention regarding TikTok marketplace that people should be aware of? I, I mean, to be honest with you, it's really only become a relevant marketplace in the last three or four weeks. But um, from an e-commerce brand, we have seen some brands have, you know, it's tripled their volume. I mean, it's bigger than it's the biggest channel they have right now. And so it just it's here to stay and it's only going to grow. And I think it's it's become a major player, and I don't see it going away. Wow. All right. So essentially, because it's going to continue to take over, this will be something that companies are going to need to figure out. I think that depending on your product, right, depending on your demo and your product, I do think that the TikTok marketplace will be a major player, and it will become, you know, you, you never thought about TikTok marketplace before. You know, maybe I mentioned it or in the last few weeks, but it'll be a common, you know, platform for purchasing over the next year. So I've never heard of it. I'm not on TikTok myself. Uh, it's not where my prospects and clients are, but I I understand what could happen based on what you're saying, because I know how powerful of a platform. I don't think there's is. a question that you will be in a year from now, you'll be like, of course people buy stuff on TikTok marketplace versus never hurting it, hurting it, you know, <laughs> hearing of it. Sure. Wow. Okay. Well, I've learned a lot from you today, Andrew. I, I appreciate your time. Uh, there's three things in particular that I'm going to have as takeaway from our conversation. I really appreciate you mentioning the tracking number, okay? Because I've heard from a lot of businesses that have been freaking out regarding we're not getting our product out in time. I think there needs to be a perspective shift that if the communication's right, and they can even be creative about it, adding different stories and messages in their marketing uh, emails back to the customers after they purchase with the tracking number. I really appreciate that point. I also appreciate you mentioning a lot of businesses view you know the importance of KPIs when it comes to the warehouse. You said culture of caring, which leads to people caring enough to take learning tours in the warehouses so they understand the process. That was a really good second point. And then the third point you mentioned, again, it, it ties into communication and creativity. 
we can decide when the promotion starts. So you had mentioned, you know, this year, the Saturday before Black Friday, and even in years before, weeks before that, we can decide, hey, this is the day we're going to do our our marketing campaign. This is when we're going to push the messages out. And we could take advantage of getting above the noise because if everyone's doing something at the same time, we're going to stand out by being creative. So those are three of my takeaways. Um, I know people listening might have gotten other takeaways and you might have caused a lot of interest based on what you do. Uh, So if people want to get more information on you and your services, where's the best place they can go to get that information? And they can reach out to us on our website at verdefulfillmentusa.com. Um, and I think, Matt, you'll publish uh, that in writing for me. And um, just happy to help, happy to answer any questions. Um, you know, doesn't don't feel like I'm going to pitch anyone on new business. Always just having to help people and uh, create long-term uh, relationships. So that's what we're all about. And uh, if I can help anyone and give any advice, always happy to be there for anyone. Perfect. I will include that in the show notes. People can just click and go right there. Um, Andrew, thank you again for your time. I very much appreciate our conversation. Matt, I appreciate being on and I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Thank you for listening to the Stories with Traction podcast. Please leave a review since positive reviews will make it easier for others to find this conversation. Next episode will launch on Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. Until then, remember, if you want to persuade with power and inspire those around you to action, you must share more stories.